1: Nine one one, what's your emergency? I can't find Captain Nash and his
2: wife's cruise ship. Tonight, nine one one comes to ABC. We're going to make it out of here. We got to work together. Tonight at nine on ABC, followed by Seven News at eleven. This is why you watch Seven News at five. This breaking story is happening as we speak. To get breaking news from the alert desk, when I know about it, you'll know about it first. So you're always connected with what's happening now. Only on Seven News at five. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we, we, we're doing part two guys We are rolling into part two of Mariah Carey And
0: um, this is where it gets interesting This is what I'm here for
2: Jackie, I am broken Natalie, I am, I am, I cannot put any more of her into me Oh boy Uh, This has been a wild ride But this is also needs, this ride needs to end and we need to leave the amusement park.
1: I'm starting to make people around me concerned because she's all I can think about. And like I, like you had just made that joke, I feel like I'm living in her head. That I, I am Mariah Carey, and I wanna sort of start looking at people and be like, I don't wanna pick it up, darling, you do it for me. Because in my head, she speaks like Katherine Hepper now, right. as opposed to the way that I used to think that you talked like this. <laughs> but now I realize, That the ultimate diva is the diva that doesn't think that she's a diva and yet will make a whole hotel full of workers wake up at three o'clock in the morning to put out specific rug and two feet tall white pillar candles lit while she walks into a hotel. (laughs) What would happen
0: if they didn't do it? She won't go in? Do you think she would just evaporate? Voldemort, like the, at the oh, end yeah, of, or
1: like the Wicked Witch of the West, or yeah. the, like don't drop a house on her. So last week, I feel like we really focused on how inspirational Mariah Carey is and was. It was it was
2: the rise. It was the rise of Mariah, and and this is the this is the dark. This is like the Empire Strikes Back.
0: This is what I'm here for. <laughs> it is. It's
1: nuts, man. <laughs> she is. I mean, she is severely mentally ill. And I last week, I think I felt bad for making jokes about her my entire life. And now this week, I was like, oh, that's why we make jokes about her. Because it's so ludicrously over the top that you have to laugh about it, or else you wouldn't listen to her music. Not that anybody does anymore
2: is part of the problem. (laughs) Wow. Wow. But it's also a redemption tale as well. There's This is really, I, I did just make an analogy uh, to a roller coaster ride but this really is a roller coaster ride there there are so many ups and fucking downs i couldn't imagine being this prolific in my career period i couldn't imagine doing as much as she has done even up to this point just full stop uh and then also to see her like com- just completely fail so ass hard and then totally bring it back like over and over again. She
1: just she's a train that will not stop. She will keep going. Glitter.
2: We're talking uh, you know, uh New Year's Eve twenty sixteen. But we're also talking uh, you know, the emancipation of Mimi. Of Mimi! The Emancipation Mimi with the
1: the He Who Must Not Be Named. Yes, another Voldemort reference. E (laughs) equals mc squared, which is what I will only refer to it. It is the album that that shall not be named again. (laughs) Did you listen?
2: I listened to it. I don't know. I I was like, all right, this is another one. See,
1: I also really love Mariah Carey, and I will. I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there. I had never listened to it before, which that number one that says something. And I'm not saying it is bad. It's not a bad album. But for her and for her standards and what she does, it is
0: not nearly as good as her other albums. You got so far. You guys have only mentioned her professional. What would you call them? Uh, Failures. <laughs> uh, but she's had quite a few personal. Life. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got. And we're gonna get all. We've got into that. one more divorce. One more broken engagement for you guys. We've but also it. one
1: more marriage, hey. Don't just focus on
2: the <laughs> negative. It was a marriage and then a divorce. Oh, please. Nick Cannon, come on. This
1: poor man. <laughs> I just, I feel like we have to do a pop history Nick Cannon. I am worried about the him. The poor boy. I always just thought that he was another one that I was like, oh, well, oh, this little joker boy over here. But <laughs> oh my God, all he did was love her. And he was wrong for loving her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want him to be
1: safe. I really do. I think, and he will forever just hold a torch to her. And uh, I guess, how could you not? You gotta let that girl go, Nick. She's a butterfly. She's, she's got butterflies. Go. She's, go, she's gonna fly away. She's gonna
2: but fly away. But that's why we gotta,
1: away. I mean, we may as well just jump into Rainbow because we're starting off this week's episode with Rainbow in 1999.
2: Yes, yeah, so at this point, uh, she has uh, divorced Tommy Mottola. Get
1: out of here, Tommy Mottola. Yeah. Ugh.
2: But he is still a, a partly, in a way, her owner because he is he the is CEO of boss. Columbia Records. Yes. And a lot of the reason why they are at odds and, and why they got divorced was because of the way he was trying to control her sound make it more of a pop thing, and she was trying to go into more of a hip-hop angle and just in a, in a more genre-bending-in-every-way angle. And sexier, and that's, yeah. that sets yeah. the stage for where we're at.
1: Yeah, so this is, this is her springboard. She's springboarding off and thinks that this is the complete, real rise of Mariah Carey. This is her butterfly situation. Now she's, she said she called Rainbow the album. She said, I was going into the studio in L.A., and there were two really clear rainbows, one on top of the other. I'd never seen that and I was just having this really stressful day which is standard for me she said but it was kind of indicative of my whole struggle which is why there's a light at the end of the tunnel which hopefully is not a fright train.
0: Freight Train? Freight Train? Oh. Freight Train? Oh, Freight Train. Freight Train? I yes, like Freight Train. I don't, I don't
1: like think I've ever train. said the, the the phrase Freight Train aloud before. Freight Train?
0: I think it's Freight Train, but I like Freight Train better. Freight Train! <laughs> it's a ghost train.
2: <laughs> so, th- at this time, she is the light at the end of the tunnel for her is getting the fuck off of Columbia Records because she has yes. one more album she has to make and then she never has to deal with her ex-husband ever again! So, That's what she thinks. So, she's... <laughs> At that time, at this time, she has taken a lover named Luis Miguel.
0: Yeah, I looked him up and yeah, I'd lick it. <laughs> oh, he's like a, he's a real rebounder. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And she decides to record her uh, album on the island of Capri, Italy, uh, so that she could be in seclusion. She could fucking fuck her dude, right? Or whatever. Yeah, man. Good for
0: her. Yeah, good
2: for her. And complete this album with total focus so that she can get it done as quickly as possible, and so she gets it done in three months' time. And it comes out in the summer of 99. She said, I made it in three months. I was like, get me off this label. I couldn't take it. The situation there was becoming increasingly difficult. For this album, she's going, like, full hip-hop in a lot of ways. She's working with Jay-Z, Usher, Snoop Dogg, Missy Elliott, and Jermaine Dupree, of course. And, uh, yeah, and... uh, Let's get. Is this? Is it time to get into her situation with her sister? I guess
1: we can start. We can start pawn the uh, the oh, relationship super, she has with her older sister. Super sad times
0: story. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little super
1: sad. Immediately sad. I think that it's just something that we have to touch on because her family is, is important to discuss and how they affected her. Now, Mariah Carey's older sister. So, why did you want to bring this up? Hold well,
2: it, it it she she writes a song on the album that is called Petals and it's about her ordeal. And this really does mark the first time where Carrie on her actual music is really expressing things that are going on in her personal life and not just uh you know going more for like lovey lover boy pop cuts, you know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? Essentially so, Something that
1: it's actually really personal for her yeah
2: so okay so during this album she has a falling out with her sister her sister has a lot of mental health issues she's diagnosed as hiv positive she's had her children taken away and um it's you know i think did you did you look into it more uh oh yeah
1: so her older sister allison Carey, i think that we've all seen her in the tabloids many times and her older sister was a, a it was and is a sex worker that has been in and out of rehab with a lot of stealing problems, drug issues, and Mariah Carey, for a very long time, has paid for her to go in and out of said rehabs. She has four children that she does not care for. And she, Mariah Carey has, I think, done a lot for the kids as well. She's done a lot for the kids. But the problem is, which I had only ever heard about, and I've said this on page seven before, It was like, oh, she's got all this money. Why isn't she helping her sister? But you also watch, if you guys have ever, and I know that you both do, have people in the family that struggle with drug addiction, It's there are times in your life when you have to let them go. You well, can't force someone to get help. And so this woman, what she's doing, is going to the sun, is going to every tabloid and selling her pity story to them about how Mariah Carey won't help her, my sister has all this money, I have nothing, all of my teeth have fallen out and no one cares about me, I just found out one of my sons is getting married this year, you don't understand what it's like to be, to have no one. But the thing is that after an entire lifetime of doing this to your family, there is a time Often, oh, yeah.
0: That they stop. It, it, yeah. And it, it, also, if you do really care about that person, sometimes you do have to let them fall really hard because it, there's a certain level of help you can provide, but then you are eventually, if they won't help themselves, they're kind of enabling their behavior. Right. When you just keep feeding their problem and not really giving them the chance to thrive on their own. And she hasn't. So it does make her look, to me, it makes her look even worse that she's going and telling these sob stories because she's just going, everybody needs to help me. Why isn't anybody helping me? And it's like, well, I mean, I'm sure your life is like there. I'm sure terrible things happened to you, but you got to eventually take accountability. And I also, um, on a side note, I found it really interesting that uh, when they were kids, after their parents were divorced, Mariah Carey went with her mother and then Mm. I think her father took her siblings correct yes which is a really that's a that's a tough situation to to have where you have to decide which kids are going to live with which parent and it does seem as though they had very different upbringings yes they did their lives were very uh they were removed from one another and who knows what the dad was like but how do you decide like it's like the fucking parent trap like your kids are just going to live with one And they have to choose of which
1: life, unfortunately, that they are going to be living. They don't know what it's going to be like. And that's why actually Mariah Carey doesn't like to talk about this very much. She said in a 1998 interview on 2020, one of her very rare comments about her sister, she said it was a very difficult thing to see. But I think what it did for me was provide for me an inner strength and something I knew that I didn't want to be. That's why I'll never be a promiscuous person. I'll never be on drugs. I'll never be too out of it to know what I'm doing or getting myself into. And because I saw all these things growing up, I went the other way.
0: She not on drugs? I think that
1: she's, I think really which what we're going to get into is, I think it's just severe bipolar
0: disorder.
2: Yeah, we will will definitely talk about that. I think she drinks
0: a lot. I
2: I know (laughs) she drinks a lot.
0: I thought there was maybe a pill issue. I think, I that I've, possibly,
1: but I know that she's definitely struggled with what medications she is taking for her bipolar Which we've disorder. we've
0: all done. We've all had problems all with our medication. Oh, I cried for two years and
1: didn't have any sex because, you know, I thought I was going to sew my pussy shut. But
0: that was just the medication talking. And then you didn't. Good job, Jackie. Thank you.
2: So, like, we have this issue going on with her sister. Also, big drama with this label. She, uh... They, when they put out her her quote unquote greatest hits, it was called Number Ones. It can it contained all all of like her number one hits. She was trying to put a greatest hits album out at the time that had uh, some other songs that she really wanted to be on that album that she really loved. So they're just controlling that. Also with Rainbow, and this is a constant issue that she has with uh, the record executives. But yeah, Studio wants to release Can't Take That Away, Mariah's Theme as the third single. Or she wants to release it, rather, but the studio refuses. She's writing messages on her webpage about uh, Sony... Uh, about how she wants to put the song out and uh, all these kind of cryptic things. She's, like, communicating in this weird way through her website. And there's all this, all uh, like, and I think for the first time is starting to show some of the cracks happening uh, around everything. Rainbow ends up being the lowest-selling s- uh, album up to that point in her career. And now she moves on, signing a one million five-album contract with Virgin Records America in April of 2001. The same year she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but we'll get yeah. we'll get there. Yeah.
0: But she hides all of that for a while. What, were there any big hits on Rainbow?
2: Uh yeah, Rainbow had um what did it have? Rainbow had rainbow. I, I heart, mean, I knew. No, doesn't. I knew.
0: Can't, yeah, that's a heartbreaker, and I, I. also,
1: I knew can't take that away because it is a great song.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's one of apparently it's also one of Mariah
1: Carey's favorite songs, and I had to actually look that up as well because I didn't really understand. I don't understand the music industry, and that the Mariah Carey essentially wanted. Can't Take That Away, which is what she referred to as Mariah's song, uh, on the single that is sent to radio stations that, like, what is going to be played on yeah. the radio. Because I was like trying the to single. understand. i said Sony insisted on releasing it as a double A-side with Crybaby on the front. I still don't exactly get what a double A-side is. <laughs> I feel like that might be an outdated... Term. term because I kept looking it up and they're like it's like a b-side but it's not a b-side
2: but it kind of is it's like both songs are a hit, a hit are great hot single yeah both songs are as important as the others so there's no b-side
0: but it wasn't what she wanted but yeah. yeah and I think that I don't know if they still use those terms but that seems like it was back when they actually sent a tangible tape right right to the station
2: so she wants to make a film and a soundtrack that she was originally working on back in 1997, but she had to shelve due to Columbia's pressure, which was called All That Glitters. And she wanted it to be a mix of 1980s influenced disco, and similar genres. And this is when, around the time that she's doing all of this under this crazy, crazy money deal that she made with Virgin Records America that she ends up um, writing, again, messages on her website saying, saying I'm, being, I'm feeling overworked. I'm I'm starting to get exhausted. I'm having this awful per- time trying to sleep. She her 3-year relationship with Luis Miguel ended um oh, 3 years. Yeah. And she said I was with people who didn't really know me and I had no personal assistant. I do interviews all day long and get 2 hours of sleep a night if that. Ugh. Yeah. It's and and uh, with all of that going on, uh during this time and Jaggy, I think you dug more into this, but B- Matola and like a classic Matola dick move over at Columbia. They give a bunch of songs that she wrote to Jennifer Lopez to perform.
1: So this is while she was writing glitter and working on glitter. So this is where the, I don't know her gif, gif, gif. I'll never, I refuse to ever remember. That's where all <laughs> of this comes from. So essentially Mariah Carey is writing this album. Tommy Mottola comes in, gives parts of the songs and samples from the songs to Jennifer Lopez as she's recording. So when Mariah was surprised to hear a sample she'd bagged for her then unreleased song, Loverboy, pop up on Lopez's hit single, I'm Real. Record executive Irv Gotti admits that Tommy Mottola, Carrie's ex-husband and the head of Sony Music, instructed him to make a record for Jennifer Lopez that sounded exactly like one Gotti's company had made with Carrie for her movie Glitter, even though Glitter was not finished and Lopez would beat Carrie to the punch and undermine a project she was recording for Sony. So the whole I don't know her and why they don't like each other Ah. is because of Mariah Carey, thought that J.Lo knew what they were doing. And so when she said, I don't know her in the early 2000s is because she said, it's better to say nothing than to say something bad about a person. Mm. So she pretends to not know her instead.
0: And it's used that way to this day. Yeah, it
1: is,
0: <laughs> that she just decided she does not exist. Uh-huh.
2: Which I mean, you know, If that's not Diva Shade, I don't know what is. So then we have the classic... Uh, Total Request Live Appearance on July 19th, 2001 hosted by Carson Daly where she shows up with ice cream and hands it to fans and she does like a quote unquote strip tease where she like takes her shirt off.
1: Do you guys remember this? I remember no. seeing this TRL. I remember this too. I fucking hated Carson Daly. I mean I do hate Carson Daly and he <laughs> is very bad at improv when he doesn't realize that Mariah Carey is about to show up wearing basically nothing with ice cream.
2: <laughs> well this is the thing though. I re that and as much as everyone's like, "Oh my god, it was she was crazy. It was insane what happened." It didn't really seem that bad to me. She just seemed a little loopy, I guess. She looked like but it seemed like she
1: was completely not in control of what she was doing. Oh, and no. I think it's more as as seeing as, as I've not only gone through gone through specific breaks mentally in my time, but also have watched people go through mental breaks. Is it? it's a disassociation you see in her eyes yeah. that I never I didn't see when I was what 12 when this happened you know but and watching yeah. it now as an adult it's just like she can she's like not all there right. and she's trying to string her words together and actually she was so I know holding you about to say that she was hospitalized but what I didn't realize that it's because her mom found her in a hotel room bleeding because she had cuts all over her. Oh my Ah. god! And her publicist Cindy Berger said the star had experienced an emotional and physical breakdown, but denied tabloid claims she'd tried to take her own life. She did break some dishes and glasses, and she may have stepped on them, admitted Berger.
2: Oh Jesus, that's almost scarier. That's a cry for (laughs) for help. Oh, it's a
1: complete. It it is all. But you also have to think where she like before when Alden, you were just saying where it's like she didn't have a personal assistant. She felt like she didn't have anyone to turn to and so these
0: are all cries for help uh, yeah. yeah totally I, I can't it's still uh not great today but back then being at that level of fame and not having any sort of counseling or anybody to talk to you about the just pressures of being a famous person uh must have been a nightmare mm-hmm. it must have been so awful yeah and she had to- she was already put into a box of living a life that she
1: didn't want, exactly want to be living, but she was getting her dream and she was able to make music, so she just kept going. And I feel like that is something that at least we're starting to change that narrative of shut your mouth and take it. Aren't you getting paid for what you want to get paid for? It's like, no, you don't have to be
0: abused either.
2: No. Yeah, especially especially for her who is this perfectionist who's trying to give off this... A vibe of like I am just this amazing you know perfect pop thing you can see it and we were talking about it before uh we were recording but what like we watched Glitter and and watching Glitter you know there's a lot of things to take away from it and we'll get more into that in just a second but one (laughs) of the big things I felt I noticed was that like the tension in her face is so visible to like so obvious to me like knowing what I know now the the way she holds herself in those scenes you can tell there's so much shit going on that she is trying to push deep down uh, inside to get to get through the working day
1: i mean down to the fact that like i think that really probably all started with glitter where she likes to have her own lighting crew on most everything that she works on because she needs to be lit in a very specific way (laughs) which natalie and i saw last year when we watched a Christmas Melody? Is that what it was called? Uh, close enough. The one with
0: Lacey Chabert on Hallmark? Where it seemed like she was in a different room than everybody else <laughs> when that would cut she to her close-up. She looked close like up an angel in
1: every scene <laughs> and everyone else looked so dark. I
0: think she was in a different room. I don't think that she was there very frequently on the set. <laughs> no, I don't think so.
2: So a couple days after the TRL incident, She posts on her website, I'm trying to understand things in life right now, and so I really don't feel that I should be doing music right now. What I'd like to do is just take a break, or at least get one night of sleep without someone popping up about a video. All I really want is to just be me, and that's what I should have done in the first place. I don't say this much, but guess what? I don't take care of myself. These messages were promptly removed from the site, so again, it frustrates me that she's trying to fucking reach out, To at least her fan base, who would be the only people who'd understand or be able to maybe help her, and try and and help. And the execs are just scrubbing it, scrubbing it, scrubbing it, sweep it away.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so gross. Just having only two hours of sleep a night will make you an insane person. Yes, that sounds like. I mean, I couldn't do it. I'd just be like, ah, yeah. (laughs) I would die. uh, Yeah, there's no time that she is.
1: She's reaching out. During the Rainbow Tour, she referred to her fans as butterflies, but this was around the time that she started calling them the Lambly. She refers to her fans as lambs. So while she is reaching out to all these people, this is her Lambly that she's trying to reach for. She The term originated as a term of endearment she used. The term lamb to her would refer to the fans as Quote, following the leader, which would be Mariah herself. Oh, like Haters, Jesus. or fake lambs <laughs> of Mariah's, are called goats. Not fams. No, they're called goats, and it, they're played off as a joke to the lambs for untrue and hater lambs who do not support Mariah or who criticize Mariah for her actions or music.
0: So she...
2: The look on Jackie's eyes right now. We have been in so deep first of all, I didn't have any of that in my notes and I've done hours of research. The look- Did you didn't Jack-
1: notice why she kept saying Lamley? I was like, what is Lamley? What, what is a what is a lambly? What is this? Meaning?
0: Oh, like family. Yes, like family oh. but the word lamb. Oh. Okay. You look
2: like Jackie, you look like Charlie and it's always sunny in the mail room when he's like having the crazy conspiracy theories.
1: <laughs> I can't stop thinking about her.
2: So so her, uh. she goes into the hospital uh, and all that, and she's there for a couple of weeks, and 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 there's also this extended absence from the public, and all of these things amount to delaying the album uh, soundtrack to Glitter to the day September 11th,
0: 2001. Uh. Oh no! Yeah. Oh,
2: this is the darkest point. This is the darkest tip of the spear right here. So the album comes out on 9-11. There is a picture, like, it's even on the uh, Wikipedia page for Glitter. There's, like, classically a photo of the towers on fire with an advertisement of Glitter in the foreground. It is. Oh, my God. And, P.S., this is a movie where, all right, let's get into Glitter, Jackie. Natalie, let's get into Glitter. I'm fascinated now by this movie. So I watched it last night and finished it uh, up this morning.
1: Mariah Carey stars as Billy Frank, a young aspiring singer who desires to leave her troubled life behind to pursue a music career. The journey to the top for young Billy is a difficult one as she falls in love with a DJ who also becomes her producer. What? Where have we heard that story before? It is
2: so... It, by the way, this is Beat for Beat, A Star is Born, uh, first of all. Second of all, yes. uh, this is a movie that came out right around September 11th. I, I think the movie itself came out like a week after, but it doesn't matter. The, 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 and it's horribly panned. And it's set in New York City. And it is just very much a movie that comes off, especially in the wake of 9-11, as feel bad for the rich, talented, pretty girl it could not have come out at a worse time i don't think it would have been a success if it hadn't if it had come out at a different on a you know on an earlier date but it definitely would have done better but man it it's just a hor- horrible timing
1: why wouldn't they push it's, the date they should have pushed it they, uh, they well they had pushed it because she was in the but at that time i mean
0: it's already coming out you can't really stop it right yeah you can stop it i mean you would just, especially, I mean, when that shit was happening, everything stopped. For that entire week, there was only news happening. Like, there weren't shows, people canceled, comedy, like, nothing was happening. So, I think they could have definitely pushed the date. I imagine
2: nothing stops Mariah, though. Right? Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, no, I think that's what happened, As she said, no, we are doing this.
2: Well, and she even talked about how, like, her deal with Virgin was um really you know she felt in hindsight it was all about the money that she was just making really bad decisions right around this time probably because she was on two hours of sleep a night um and just doing a lot of things that were not well thought through i mean at the end of the day it's not a well-made movie period right like it's just its
1: not that long and yet still it slogs
2: yeah it's it's a weird man it's so weird and it's also like It's one of those things where, and this is the beginning. This is what I love. This is the turning point for Mariah Carey, where this is the final act of her trying to come off as a perfect person. And even in the movie, like her biggest flaw, it's kind of like in a job interview when someone's like, what's your biggest flaw? It's like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. Like, in the movie, her biggest flaw is that, like, she's too good to her man. You know what I mean? Like, like she's so... I just
0: give too
1: much. Yeah. She's too good of a person. She's too well-rounded is the problem.
2: And again, it is just horrible. All right, that's already, like, kind of a fallacy, like, in terms of getting over to, you know, uh, an audience, right? Like, the, yeah, the way that she comes across. But then in the wake of 9-11, being like... Like oh I'm just this like girl about the world Who just immediately gets like a giant Record contract and just No one was into that at that time Also the whole album is like 80s inspired Like we said before Which again was like Which actually is a nod to her uh, uh, Kudos to her she was way ahead of the game on that Because of course all of those sounds Would become super popular but like It took another decade because you know She even said like well the 80s just happened So I think people just weren't ready for it
1: She said it was too soon that uh, that was her biggest issue with glitter she said it, it was too soon for her to have had glitter which is why I think part of the reason when you said she was right before all of that 80s nostalgia I I not to jump ahead here but I feel like now is the time to touch on it of the fact of hashtag justice for glitter yes which happened last year
0: That was good, good, (laughs) good, good.
1: good. Some of Mariah's most loyal fans, excuse me, lambs, they bumped the Glitter soundtrack to number one on iTunes, beating both the soundtrack for A Star is Born and Bohemian
2: Rhapsody. Wow, I didn't know that tidbit. That's incredible. And it
1: was all a social campaign of hashtag justice for Glitter to try and get people to recognize how amazing the, the album Glitter is. And in an interview, the interviewer asked her, are you surprised by Glitter's cult status? She said, I like the soundtrack to Glitter, but I avoided it for years because it represented a time in my life when they almost killed me. And he said, what almost killed you? She said, I was leaving Sony. I was fighting every day with my ex-husband, who still ran the label. And then I was on a new label. We released Glitter on September 11, 2001, and it was a really bad time. We've had ups and downs. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what I love is that wh- the interviewer asked, what does failure teach you? She says, you know what? If failure means that the biggest selling single of 2001, which was Boy from Glitter, and he said it was the biggest selling single from 2001, she goes, mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it. "'It represents a moment. "'It took me a long time to embrace it, "'but I'm fine with it.'" And then he asks, "'But what does perceived failure "'in the public eye feel like? "'Is it humbling? "'Do you want to hide under the covers?' She said, definitely hide into the covers. I'm already humble. I was an easy <laughs> target. The movie was horrible, but there were other people with worse movies that nobody made a big deal about. And I don't think people were ready for an 80s throwback. I was just a little bit ahead of the curve with that. I'm not a person who thinks I'm better than anybody or greater or holier than now. It's not any of that. It's just that when you have to be like,
0: okay, well, this didn't work. How do I prove myself after that? I so, think that her biggest problem is that she's too humble too humble <laughs> too humble she was th- again this is one of those things where like you were
1: saying with glitter where she's like i'm just too perfect it's like no i was before i was before my time i'm just so humble so it's like i'm used to being knocked down and it's, <laughs> you are being a martyr you cr-.
0: it's like that's <laughs> but you know what it gets her through the day and it makes her her <laughs> Do you know how hard it was for her to have a movie out when all those people were dying everywhere? (laughs) It was hard for her, and no one's thinking about that. Yeah, nobody ever brings that up.
2: (laughs) So tragically, Mariah Carey's record deal was bought out for $50 million. She flees to Capri, Italy, tragically, for five months, where she starts writing material for her new album based on the roller coaster ride that was 2001. This is, I think, me writing this. Later, signing (laughs) a contract with Island Records for over $24 million. So that point is $74 million and lost. Or wait, did she I don't understand what record deal bought out for $50 million actually means. Did she pay them $50 million?
1: I, no, she gets paid $50 million, right? So, she so that does. it's like she's just every turn, I will say this girl knows what she's fucking doing. So she got a
2: hundred million dollars and then fifty million dollars and then twenty four million dollars all the span of a fucking year? I she she's a billionaire. She is
0: a billionaire. Go. To this day I think that that is great And it's very healthy And it's helping her It's oh, Maybe not healthy Maybe healthy
2: isn't the word but So she signs a contract with Island Records As I said And she launches her own label Monarch Entertainment That same year though Her father dies of cancer Which really rocks her They did not have a very close relationship And I think that that actually affected her even more That they, that they never really did have a, a great connection Made her realize like some stuff up in her. Right? Wow. He's Holden. Have you been going to therapy for I a long am, time? I, yeah. I really, you know what I mean. I kind of understand what it's like. It made yeah, the grumbles.
0: Yeah,
1: the memory knots loose in there.
0: Yeah. She, all the dark she was clouds all up. start all raining dark on the inside. Rain on her and
2: shit. Yeah. She said <laughs> I had worked myself very, very hard for many years, and I never took a break. And last year I had just become very, very exhausted, ended up just not really in a good place physically and emotionally. I learned a little more about how to work hard, but also how to be healthy and take care of myself. And now, in general, my life, I'm in a really good, happy place. She starts out, uh, the album starts out with the song, and this is Charm Bracelet, I should say. Charm
1: Bracelet, one word, Yeah,
2: very important. Yeah, very bizarre that it's one word. Starts out with the song, Through the Rain, which addresses these personal struggles, and it's a bit of a reach out to her fans. She said, I've always tried to insert positivity into my songs whenever, wherever I can to inspire other people who go through stuff. I mean, the stuff they talked about in tabloids and the things that were so overly exaggerated, that's one aspect. I also went through a lot of personal stuff, a lot of family stuff this year. Losing a parent is an intense thing for anybody. It's brought me to another place. People are going to read into it as, this is Mariah and her struggle. But the way I try to word it is, it's okay once you say, I can make it through the rain. Not just me going, I can make it through the rain. It's me telling people that if you believe you can get through whatever you're going through, you can get to the other side.
1: Yeah, I know. I remember when Barry Manilow wrote the song, I made it through the rain.
2: Yeah, I got it.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Are we shady? No, this is didn't. the shady part of that episode.
2: <laughs> this is her darkest
1: part and you guys are shading I know.
0: her. I know. I know. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to not look at some of it especially go, when you read,
1: Especially while girl. reading all this stuff that we get into of just... It, it i understand that mental illness is an illness mm-hmm. and it is your responsibility to take care of these things and right now she's not taking care of
2: it right and and this really is i do i do appreciate that this is the album where she actually besides pedals on her on on a uh, rainbow This is the album where she's actually starting to truly open up about the things that are going on in her life through her music to make it more honest, to make it more real. And no, this album is not a big hit, but this album is a massive turning point in her career leading up to the emancipation of Mimi, where she begins to understand who she is. It's clear that she's getting help at this point. She's starting to understand who she is as a person. And with the next album, she's able to, I think, Um, Make light of it and and make fun of herself and be self-deprecating and not so just like uh, trying to be perfect all the time. Randy Jackson, who worked on a few tracks of the album, said of Charm Bracelet, It's the most real and honest record she's made. She didn't care what anyone thought of the lyrics. They were only important to her. Uh, the title Charm Bracelet was picked because the
1: charms Charmbracelet. signify Charm pe- Please say it, Robert. <laughs> charm Bracelet. Charm Bracelet.
2: Charm Bracelet. Because the charms signify pieces of yourself that you pass on to others in the form of a song. So again, it's like her trying to reach out to her fans and give them a little bit more of the reality of who she is, including the song Sunflowers for Alfred Roy, which was about her father and his side of the family. She only sang it once in the studio, and that's it. That's how, like hard that one was to uh, to get through.
1: This is also the same year that that quintessential MTV Cribs episode oh, came. Oh, yeah, I oh do remember God, that so dude, hard. I,
0: dude, I 2002. That. That's the one where she's in the bathtub, right? Yes. yes. She yeah. changes outfits
1: 15 times while showing off her massive and stunning New York apartment, <laughs> complete with fish tank and a full room serving as a closet. But the best moment was the bathroom The bathroom, tour. and
2: I was like, we get it. You want us to want to fuck you. Because I got in I, the I
1: towel do. and I remember because I think that she said something about like my diamonds need a bath. And so while in the towel, she climbs into the full hot tub. <laughs> and this is also the same episode that she did the Stairmaster in stilettos because she quote, can't wear flats, her feet repel
0: them. <laughs> Oh man, I miss MTV Cribs. I loved MTV Cribs. Me Loved too. it.
2: Loved it. Loved it. My favorite, of course, is the Red Man episode because he just lives in like a very normal house. He just keeps <laughs> going around in every room. It's like completely a normal house that anyone could afford. He's like, I saved my money. I saved my fucking money. <laughs> it's Smart. It's very smart. <laughs> it's just like a play. It's just like that's the PlayStation. It's like a little kid on the ground playing a PlayStation. This like shitty living room. It's like yes, yeah, this, this a game room. This is where we play games. You know what I mean? Oh, I it's like it. a shitty normal TV yeah. and stuff. And he's just like, that's right, I
1: saved my money. <laughs> Which is smart. And so, this is around the time, of all of this. So, we are watching, and she's getting help, but she still is not quite all the way there, obviously. this is I mean, uh, as someone with mental illness, we all know uh, mm-hmm. it is a life struggle. So, this is, she takes about a two year break before yes. emancipation of Mimi.
2: Tragically, with her last two albums, only one song got into the top 40 it is a it is a biz this is just the darkest time timeline for her at this point her tour was relatively small when it came to the US though she was still able to pull arenas and other spots worldwide smaller she was playing not arenas in the US again tragically and she's in need of a total reboot in need of a total revitalization she pulls in Jermaine Depree among other producers including Kanye West to make this like big comeback album dupree said i actually told her we had to get back to straight singing i told her she needed to really sing as opposed to whispering because she had a style where she was whispering on a lot of records by the way side note you can hear that starting with butterfly i don't think we really talked about this but she started like whisper singing starting with the album butterfly and it became this weird she just like took a weird transition into this breathy I wonder
1: if it has something to do with the whole like last episode when we were talking about her whistle register mm-hmm. and she said that she would work on it through whisper singing mm. so I wonder if that is why she did it in her brain because she was of a an elite class that only she
0: could do
2: it uh. properly
0: yeah like she, she considered that a challenging thing to do right hmm. so I wonder if that has something to do Maybe. with it
2: Dupree said, her full voice, that's what people fell in love with. And that's what I wanted to make sure was different with these songs. And Mariah Carey said, with Charm Bracelet, everybody wanted to hear the stories of my trials and tribulations. It was a healing experience, expressing things that had gone on and my father had just passed away. Now I'm like, okay, we've done that. This record is about having some fun. Fun and that is totally what the emancipation of Mimi is.
1: Well, then she said under Tommy Mottola's rule that she would never have been able to say a line like "Them chickens is ash and I'm lotioned," so she was excited <laughs> to be able to bring more of a sharp and witty attitude to this
2: <laughs> to this album, which I love. This is, it's a great album. Yeah, it and it, it, it is a true comeback album for her. It is it's got such a great energy to it, and it is the first time Mariah Carey is embracing her divadom. She's embracing the drama, the 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 stories, all all the the ridiculous, over the top stuff that gets said about her, and that is why they used uh, the word the the name Mimi on the title of, of the the album. There was a Island Records executive who said he gave her the idea for for that to use Mimi because that was what her close friends referred to her as he said I feel your spirit on this record you should use the name in the title because that's the fun side of you that people don't get to see the side that you can laugh at the diva jokes laugh at the breakdown jokes laugh at whatever they want to say about you and just live life and enjoy it honey enjoy
1: it girl which is why I love that the single from his album we belong together which is a great song that in the video that she shot with Brett Ratner, she wanted to wear the wedding dress she wore when she married Tommy Mottola. (laughs) She said, I wanted to burn the train of the dress. And it was 27 feet long and Brett Ratner wouldn't let her burn the train. She said, I didn't know what was wrong with him. He didn't want me to set it on fire. But we could have done it post. I mean, come on. <laughs> that would have been badass, That honestly. would have been bad fucking ass. Yes, yeah, set it on fire. Who gives a fuck?
2: Uh, so this is a massive hit for her. She goes on her first headlining tour in three years. She calls it The Adventures of Mimi, The Voice, The Hits, The Tour. The
1: Voice, The Hits, The Tour.
2: <laughs> I love it. Carrie, she gets eight Grammy nominations. She wins three, I believe. Um, And that was, again, the first time she had performed since she was totally snubbed when she was nominated for six Grammys and didn't win a single, not one of them. Back in that other, I forget what album that was, because that was last episode. And I can't put any more information. <laughs> to, if I put yeah, another piece of information, something it. else goes out. And so, <laughs> so let's talk about E equals M C squared. Now it is. I'm sorry, the
1: album that must not be named. What? So why are you so mean about this album? being mean about it. I chose this album to be mean about.
2: Yeah, you're mean about this album, and it's making me mad, and it's making Natalie sad. Look how sad Natalie. she looks right now.
0: I'm indifferent. <laughs>
2: I kind of am too, but this was, alright, she referred to the Emancipation of Mimi as the main course, and that E equals MC squared was to be looked at as a dessert. In other words, like, not as great as, like, but just another, like, fun follow-up.
0: Dessert is obviously the better part of dinner, that's, that's the thing, we all love dessert. Dessert, it's not that, it's not that dessert is lesser
1: than the entree. No.
2: She for this album she has a studio. Maybe that's, that's why you. I'm mad. Is how? this why I'm mad? you, Mariah right, like, Carrie. I'm
1: also mad. Maybe this is what it is.
2: <laughs> she has a studio built into her private villa in Anguilla, which is in the Caribbean. I'm sure and that's how you pronounce that. I'm sure that's how you pronounce that. <laughs> it. Anguilla. And um, yeah, she uh, the, I love this. The cover, so the cover of the album, she's naked in a feather boa. And she's doing the same pose as Emancipation and Mimi, uh, the cover of that album. And that is, I think, in a lot of ways to say, oh, these two albums are like companion pieces in a lot of ways. Alex McPherson of The Guardian described the cover for Equals MC Squared as such. Carrie is naked, but for the world's largest feather boa—an accessory for which flocks of birds have surely given their lives.
0: Oh no! Because
1: <laughs> so you know that she
0: ain't wearing no fake feathers.
2: No, no, She no. killed oh. a
0: bird and took one feather from each bird, so she made sure five hundred <laughs> looked birds them in died.
2: the eyes as
1: their pain <laughs> registered. Yeah,
2: I just like the idea that the birds willingly gave their lives to Mariah Carey in order for her to don this the cover of this album with their yeah. blue they Lined up for it. I they get were excited. it. So, yeah, this album has a lot of moments of levity, but there are moments of truth, such as the song Side Effects, in which Carrie talks about her abusive relationship with Tommy Mottola. There are lyrics in there, such as Shining like a chandelier that decorated every room inside, the private hell we built, and I dealt with it like a kid I wished I could fly away. Take Jenny. that, Mottola!
0: Jenny! We was like peas and carrots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but don't worry, she's still being a diva through all this time, because during a 2008 performance of her single Touch My Body from the album that must not be named on, on ABC's Good Morning America, Carrie turned around mid-performance and chided a backup singer she believed was singing her part. Carrie sang in tune, Stop singing my part now, baby. I would be... So terrified if I was that I, singer. Uh, yeah. Well, I remember when we were talking about. We'll get into it with like the New Year's thing, but apparently, uh, like backup singers and people that are playing her music on stage, she will not allow them to make eye contact with her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but isn't that a part of working with someone on stage is making <laughs> eye contact so that? I mean, you're in a band, Holden, right? Don't you have to like look at each other to know when? Oh, We're you guys at... don't look at each other, right? <laughs> right? You don't yeah. Make
0: them. Never, never look never. at Holden in the eyes. <laughs> do you make them push you out in like a chair at the beginning of the show and everything? And they can't look at you. Yeah, yeah. Holden, I hope you. I hope you do. That
2: whole thing. Yeah, I, I roll onto the stage and I lay face <laughs> down like a dead animal. <laughs> Uh, and I sing the words into a microphone built into the floor of the stage.
0: I'd watch you do it, oh, though. Man. I love it. Also
2: in 2008, love blooms yet Again" uh, for Mariah. Uh. And this is when, so, so, yeah, Jackie's making those noises because I'm about to talk about Nick Cannon, and she's, like, feeling bad for him. But I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. So in Why? 2008, yeah. So in 2008, Mariah Carey, because he should have known better. How should he have known better? He
1: grew up, he
2: was in love with her since he was a a little kid. Are you
0: victim blaming? Whoa. Yes. Victim
2: blaming. (laughs) Canceled.
0: He's canceled.
2: (laughs) So, Mariah Carey makes a music video for her song, Bye Bye, which was directed by Justin Francis and Nick Cannon, who also co-starred in it, which started a whirlwind romance, resulting in a wedding just two months later. Guys. Oh, yeah, baby.
1: They were married in the Bahamas, actually, technically six weeks later
2: six weeks why move in
1: why? take a year
2: of just living together first, you have, to smell, you have yeah. to smell each
1: other's poops you have to smell each other's poops you have to have their poop inside of your nose hairs for you to know if you love each other uh-huh. i
2: will say though the music video is super cute because it's an actual documentation of them falling in love like you can see it it's palpable because uh, they're all over each other in it. It's really cute. It's kind of a, that would be such a cool thing, way to get together. Because then you just like, look, kids, that's like right before I fucked your mom for the first time. <laughs> so Nick Cannon said of, of the tryst. From the first time we sat down to discuss the video at the Beverly Hills Hotel, we connected. We had so much in common spiritually, and we laugh at the same things. I didn't have to put on my Mac Daddy suave mode. I was oh, able to be myself. So, <laughs> so cute. He's I was so able cute. to be myself with her. We are both eternally 12 years old. Which I believe.
0: I just, I don't know if Mariah Carey's ever been a child. I don't see her being 12 years old. No, I can't. No. I
1: can't imagine. I think that she only registers people that are on their way up or already up as high as she is. Yeah. It seems like, which is part of the problem, I think, with her as we will get into her children later onwards. Like, I think she'll respect them once they are old enough to
2: be people. Right. She was she was planning a tour for several months that kept getting pushed back until it was canceled purportedly due to a miscarriage. Mariah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, bummer. Yeah, and then and, and but uh, this is a not bummer. In two thousand nine. She's redeemed as an actress. She gets a ton of critical acclaim for her role as a social worker in the film Precious, which of course was very well received. This
1: is actually after she's been in a couple of movies at this point. Yeah. What else was she in? So she was in this movie in 1999 with Chris O'Donnell. No one cares about it. She was in another movie in 2002 called Wise Girls with Mira Sorvino. Also, no one cares about it. It's like small stuff,
2: though. But I kind of... I kind of commend her because that was maybe her attempting to, uh, you know, uh, strengthen her acting chops while not making a big deal out of it. You know what I mean? So this
1: was a big thing. So the reason why she did Precious, and this is actually after she did the 2008 independent film, Tennessee, where she plays a waitress who longs for a singing career. And then she meets two brothers on a quest to find their father. I Hmm. just want to leave. Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> I'm just glad that we could really shoehorn some more Forrest Gump in there. This all actually butted because as we saw in last week's episode, she meets people that understand her on a different level when it comes to creating. And this is when she met Lee Daniels. You just don't get her, Natalie. You don't get her. I don't. You don't get her. I don't get her. So you don't get to work on her beats. Lee Daniels, well, her she loss. worked with in the movie Tennessee in the 2017 movie, The Butler, he also is the person that created the hip-hop drama Empire, which uh, Mariah Carey did a couple of episodes in. So Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire, took on, Mariah Carey took on a very different role as Precious's guidance counselor. And I remember seeing this. I couldn't even believe that it was Mariah Carey. What Lee Daniels says about her, there was an immediate tight bond. We were kindred spirits and drawn to each other immediately. We come from similar backgrounds and upbringings, and we bring that to our writing and our work. So we appreciated each other's works, and there was a mutual respect, and I was determined to take the persona of what people perceived as Mariah and use my craft to marry with her craft and make some magic together.
2: And that's when they made the film The Craft. They, I, oh my god, I would <gasps> love to see Mariah Carey <laughs> in The Craft. Are you kidding me? That is a great pop history episode, by the way. Uh, the yeah, Fuck totally yeah. In.
1: But I like that he also has come out multiple times to defend Mariah Carey. And he says that she's very fragile and she's been through a lot. She's been used, she's been abused. Some people have that Teflon sort of thing that I do. So she masks it with this coquettish thing that is hiding her nervousness and her pain and her own family's abuse to her. She's misunderstood because she's really, really ride or die. She really, really, really will do anything for you. Which makes me think of when we were talking about last week with Breakdown. It seems like when you are on her level, and I think that's why Nick Cannon fell in love with her. She's there. She'll do it. She'll be it. But you have to be on a specific plane with her mm-hmm. to get there.
2: Jackie, would you describe me as ride or die? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> That was easy. My, what? I'm more fly or cry. That's definitely. <laughs> yes, I think serious. I'm more fly or yeah, cry. I mean, you definitely P. stared at me while I've cried before. So, yes, I guess. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel because at this point we are oh, wait, obligated to. We have to talk to. about
1: Precious though. There's
2: so much more. I can't. There's like four more albums to cover. I can't I know, do this anymore. Jesus, but she did too much. <laughs> That's it. That's end of episode. She did
1: too many things. When she won the 2010 Palm Springs International Film Festival for her role in Precious, she went up oh. and did and she did t- an acceptance speech with Lee Daniels where she <laughs> is hammered. So please <laughs> look it up. The Lee Daniels uh, the 2010 Palm Springs International Film Festival Mariah Carey acceptance speech. Ooh, yikes. And she even says in it I may have had a lot of champagne or like said something like, I'm
2: definitely drunk. <laughs> Maybe could we hear some of the speech? Sure.
1: I have to say, this is, and please forgive me because I'm a little
0: bit, um, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness! Honestly, this material was so amazing to me that when Lee called me two days before, he was it not two days? Thank you, Helen (laughs) Mirren. I met Helen Mirren tonight. I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. The genius, Helen Mirren.
2: From a queen
1: to a diva. (laughs) Yes, that's right. You need to be clapping. Uh, Sorry. Sometimes I get a little,
0: you know,
2: difficult. So anyway, she's clearly drunk there
1: yes, she is she is a thousand percent drunk. But yeah, let's get into memoirs of an imperfect memoirs of an imperfect angel. her two thousand nine album. She goes
2: into the studio with a producer whose name I could only w- wish to have the confidence to give myself this nickname. The dream hell yeah. uh, is the name of this producer. And in early two thousand nine, they they are working on her next album. The Dream said she can't take a loss. She has to do everything to the T. So it's basically like we're trying to make a Greatest Hits album without using the Greatest Hits. So, so Carrie said she was trying to make something that lovers of, butter, of the Butterfly album would really enjoy. And every song is a snapshot of a moment in a story, i.e., a memoir. She said a lot of thing. A lot of the songs reflect specific, different times in my life, actual events that happened to me. Some of which are from way back in the past. Others are, were inspired by movies or from a friend of mine that may have told me their story. Um, so there you go. Uh, the album has a single called "Obsessed." That is an interesting song because that song is shading the f word out of Eminem.
1: Who apparently, the, through the blind items, it says that Mariah Carey and Eminem have had sexual relations
2: in the past. Well, and Eminem had a song called Bagpipes from Baghdad. That The, the song Obsessed is in response to his track, Bagda- Bagpipes from Baghdad, in which he insinuates that he and Carey had a relationship and disses Nick Cannon. Carey makes a video in which she plays both herself and, like, clearly Eminem. Then Eminem responds with a diss track that is so brutal that I, I can't even begin to explain. And he That's uses, what he does, though. Yeah, he uses actual voicemails. Yes. He uses actual voicemails uh, that she left for him. It is fucking a gun. It's gut. mean. It is mean. It's mean. So
1: all day. Poor Nick this- Cannon. Mariah Carey's 12th studio album is the worst performing of her almost 20-year career at the time.
0: You gotta have it. I mean, not everyone's gonna be solid gold, you know? You're
2: right. Yeah, I think the emphasis needs to be put on 12th studio album. 12th. That's too there's many. So many.
1: There's so it's just It's so much content. She will not stop.
2: So, in, it, now we're in the, the 2010s. She releases her 13th studio album. Please stop. Mariah, because I cannot do any more research. I here. wish
1: it was called Please Stop, Mariah. Yes. <laughs> but no, is this the one that's Merry Christmas No Roman numeral two? Yes, this is her second Christmas <laughs> album.
2: She includes six new songs and a remix of All I Want for Christmas is You. In 2011, Carrie gives birth to, frater- to her fraternal twin, a uh, son and daughter. Monroe, which, of course, is named after Marilyn, because, of course, because it's Mariah Carey, Marilyn Actually, Monroe.
1: she was obsessed with Marilyn Monroe. Of and course when she asked, was. And when asked why, she said, because Marilyn Monroe Productions was the first female-owned production company in Hollywood. She paved the way for women in Hollywood, and every single woman owes something to her for that, whether they agree with her image or not. So, wow. actually, you know what? I'm behind that. I'm into it. That was
0: an actual statement she made right? that wasn't insane.
2: <laughs> Uh, also, the other one, I love this, the name of the this, other kid, though. Just... The other kid's name is Moroccan, because uh, Nick, Cannon pr- Nick Cannon proposed to Mariah Carrion a Moroccan-themed
1: apartment her because the it's the top tier of mariah carey's new york apartment is referred to as the moroccan room the moroccan and that is where nick cannon proposed (laughs) to her but i do love is that her nickname for the kids is dem babies and one of her quotes about her kids is (laughs) i never ever thought i was going to have kids dot 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 ever I remember as a child saying, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have kids. I think they're disgusting, and if I had kids, I would hate them. And that's essentially what she was saying. And during the C-section of her fraternal twins, Carrie and then-husband Nick Cannon played a live version of her hit track, Fantasy. She said, I wanted them to hear the applause.
0: (laughs) So... I can't wait for their but their tell all when they're grown up
1: these four children but also Nick Cannon says that they listen a lot to when they were married to Mariah Carey's music while they had sex Oh, Nick Cannon says she makes sexy God. music. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person in the world that listens to Mariah Carey when having what? sex. What? It just so happens I'm
0: having sex with Mariah it's Carey. It's the closest that she can get to having sex with herself. With herself. <laughs> <laughs> <I was just laughs> to
2: have sex. God damn, Jackie, you got some good pull quotes, girl. This episode. Uh, holy fucking God. hell! What in the fuck? That's so fucked up. That's so weird.
1: <laughs> wow. Wait,
0: wait, maybe we should we start listening to the podcast while we have I think that is the best idea we've had all day.
2: So, Mariah Carey round this time she's added as a judge on American Idol to replace Jennifer Lopez per, which is Perfect, yeah, and she—it is an experience that she described as it was like going to work every day in hell with Satan. Jesus, <laughs> oh my god! Because of her experience with Nicki Minaj. Oh my god! It's just, she's
1: she's just—I have so many stories on here about how horrible she is to work with.
2: That was my favorite quote that I got. It was like going to work every day in hell, in hell. With
0: Satan. You mean fun? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly.
2: That doesn't even like. it just for Natalie, that's like wow. That's like my favorite party. <laughs> she. Uh, she also, of course, fucking because she can't stop. And someone must at some point stop her. In 2011, she started writing a new album while pregnant, um, and it was an inspire uh, which ended up being a big inspiration for her. Uh, she collaborated this time with tons of people for this next album: DJ Clue, Randy Jackson, Q-Tip. Unfortunately, R. Kelly's in the mix on this one. Jermaine Thanks. Dupree, The Dream, and Debrat, just to name a few. There were also rappers in there such as Nas and Mary J. Blige. Carrie said. There are a lot more raw ballads than people might expect, and it opens with the track Cry. This, of course, is um, me. What is it again? Me, I am Mariah, the elusive Chanteuse.
1: Me, I am Mariah, <laughs> dot, 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 the elusive Chanteuse <laughs> is the name of her album. What is What is Chanteuse? I believe it's like some sort of muse, I want to say. Let's look it
2: up. <laughs> Google it while I uh, talk about Cry. Cry It opens the album, and usually I feel like most of her albums open with like a very upbeat poppy number. "Cry" is a beautiful ballad. I really loved it. Also, speaking of beautiful, hashtag beautiful is the lead single. She does that performs that with Miguel, um, and it has this really cool old school rock and roll slash soul vibe that I really dug. It's just
1: like it's apparently just like a cabaret singer, a Ah, chanteuse.
2: Interesting. Uh, well, it's a ridiculous album title. And unfortunately, <laughs> at the end of 2014, poor Nick Cannon.
0: I don't think it's unfortunate. I think probably it's better for Nick
2: Cannon. Yeah, it's probably it worked out. Well, he even recently, though, said he was like, I'd marry her again. He said I know, that he
1: would that's... because when Wendy Williams asked why they broke up, Nick Cannon said it should be a situation where everyone such a marriage should be a situation where everyone's becoming a better human being in the relationship. So when you get to a point where there's no longer any growth and you're not bettering each other, I felt like it was probably best especially for our children since they're the number 1 priority if I could be the best human being and the best father from outside of that house.
2: Aww. That's you know I guess I feel bad For him Whatever though I
1: do feel bad For him Because I think That he really It seemed like He really tried To make it work He
0: sounds like A battered husband He does sound Like a battered yeah, husband Yeah honestly
2: If you do see him At like a party Or something Listeners there All those, out those there, parties I go to Yeah, yeah With Nick Cannon. If If you see him At a party Listeners Like suck his Maybe suck his dick I don't think he
1: needs to. I think he's with someone else. I think oh, he's is I'm he sure he's, he's probably happy, but he still has to be in Mariah's life because
0: they co parent Moroccan and Monroe. He's going to say, again. no, no, stop. I don't want you to suck my dick. Right. But he really wants
2: to. He, he wants to. Really, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess we, we didn't even mention. So they filed for divorce at the end of 2014, it was finalized in 2016. Pornic Cannon. Let's move on to her Vegas residency. But that's also
1: why was it? Why was the the divorce was actually filed? Because she got engaged yes. to
2: billionaire James Packer. Okay, so she's she's uh, a big. This is so much shit. She's doing way too much shit right now. Is what it feels like. I can't believe she didn't have another giant breakdown around this time. Well, she might did. have. She, she does. might have. <laughs> In 2016. Oh, right, right. We'll get there. So she announced a residency at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas in early 2015. She um, she calls it number one to infinity, uh, which uh, coincided with a new Greatest Hits compilation of the same name that was released around the same time. She directs her first film because she's great. directing movies now. A Christmas Melody. We watched it last year. It's She great. directed that, Natalie. Um, like, how fucking...
0: Yeah. I'm going to put a caveat on the great the <laughs> well, great <you> know- <laughs> review there. <laughs> I thought it was great. It's greatly entertaining. It is entertaining.
2: She stars in a pretty fail, uh, I would say a failed reality show, Mariah's World, which ran for eight seasons. It is another a
1: lot of fun one where we learn the idea that she apparently has a rule that she only, she usually, whenever you see her wearing sunglasses, it's because she's in fluorescent lighting. She said, I have a rule which states that I will not be seen in fluorescent lighting without sunglasses.
0: I
2: know, (laughs) it's very nice. Wait, that did you came say for Mariah's world that
0: ran for eight seasons?
2: No, eight episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Failed, failed for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's on her sweet, sweet fantasy tour, and she's planning her wedding because she had become engaged to Australian billionaire James Packer in January of that year, and it ended. That engagement ended in October of the same year. Apparently, they were both going through a lot of mental issues. Packer was also came out and was just like, "I was toxic." Packer pays Carrie a $70 million inconvenience fee. Good, cause
0: she needs another seventy, <laughs> $70 million dollars. Million inconvenience fee.
2: This is
1: around the same time that Nick Cannon gets a call. Nick Cannon calls Mariah's manager because he received a distressing call from the kid's nanny that Mariah was having erratic behavior. Oh, the staffer no. reportedly raised the alarm after she found Mariah, quote, Wearing a ball gown and a tiara and sporting a ring pop she claimed was given to her from the royal family. I That's forgot just about that. like she's that. fun. Yes. I mean, it does sound like she's having fun, That's especially be. because she was so detached from reality that she thought she was having dinner with Michael Jackson, Prince, and Whitney Houston, all of what? whom were dead at the time. <gasps> Fearing her employer oh, no. had become a danger to herself and others, the nanny reportedly made the call to Mariah's team for help. She was immediately hospitalized again, but apparently tried to throw herself from the moving car while on the way to the hospital. That's not good. And this is two months before that New Year's kerfuffle, which- yeah again of how much we made jokes about it, it's like I didn't realize she was just out of beef. she
0: shouldn't have done that she shouldn't have done it no. she shouldn't be doing these things do you think that it's people on her team pushing her or do you think it's only her like I insisting think both it's gotta be
1: both right oh, because it's Christmas and she's the queen of Christmas so she has to get out there and she's gotta do the thing she's gotta be this Just she now she's being put into another box which she uh, like we talked about last week she enjoys being the queen of Christmas but it is still something else that it's like now she has to be available every Christmas season to be the puppet for the
0: people that that they need her to be. Well, I think that is maybe one of the problems that you come across being famous for so long is that you might have an issue with being alone with yourself. Yeah. Or, or, and really having any sort of identity that's not the outside performer. Like I have to go do this. This is what I do. This is who I am. I have to do this thing. Right. It's like you really needed rest. Yes.
1: And that's why she, this is around the time that she starts really opening up about her bipolar disorder. Yes. Because they had never really said it.
2: She was diagnosed in 2001 with bipolar 2 disorder, but did not seek treatment until around 2016. Carrie said, "...until recently I lived in denial and isolation, and in constant fear someone would expose me. It was too heavy a burden to carry, a, uh, and I simply couldn't do that anymore." I sought and received treatment, I put positive people around me, and I got back to doing what I love, writing songs and making music. She also said... For a long time, I thought I had a severe sleep disorder, but it wasn't normal insomnia, and I wasn't lying awake counting sheep. I was working and working and working. I was irritable and in constant fear of letting people down. It turns out that I was experiencing a form of mania. Eventually, I would just hit a wall. I guess my depressive episodes were characterized by having very low energy. I would feel so lonely and sad, even guilty, that I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing for my career."
1: I think that's an important part of, I think, a a slight part at least of what I suffer with my mental illness. It's the guilt you feel when you're not in your mania of what you're not getting done, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. then again pushes you further and further down into a depression, which I sound like is why she's kept herself going so hard for so long is because she can't stop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And I don't think any of us here are bipolar too, but uh, the limited information i know about it is like that that up and down part of it probably is contributing to why she's not sleeping and then oh yeah the the need to go perform when she tried to get help for a minute like she needed her her body and her mind were like compulsively making her do that yeah but it's like why treatment is so important and necessary especially when you have the means like that you you have to treat it because otherwise you'll um you're do terrible things to yourself And she's just fighting with herself
1: Yeah Essentially
2: New Year's Eve 2016 Let's talk about it Carrie hits the stage With apparently Quote unquote Dead ears And um, as her manager put it By the way I, I read like an interview With her manager about this And her manager seems Like the scariest person ever She just seems like A frightening woman um, From all like, By all accounts you have way- to be her tone came across in this written interview like a scary person. Like, I didn't even hear her voice. And it, I was just like, uh uh-uh. She was like, no, not true. This is what happened. You're all idiots. And like-
0: well, Mariah Carey's manager has to be made of tough things. Yes. Yeah, because she's slinging it, man. Yes.
2: So t- she couldn't hear any music in her earpiece, apparently uh and without her earpiece she you could see her take her earpiece out but the problem was that there was just the way that the sound was reverberating around the buildings of times square like she just could not hear the the music at all um and so after um emotion starts so she does like this oddlang sign rendition that's like a cappella, but then the song emotion starts and Carrie just says out loud, We're missing some of these vocals, but it is what it is. Let the audience sing. And she's just kind of fucking right. She's like, I'm trying to be a good sport out here. I just rewatched it like a little while ago. And it's just like so it's so funny. And so cringy, and I don't know. It's, it's, it's very cringy.
1: And she did say that it was out of her control. And had everything not been such a total chaotic mess, then I would have been able to make something happen. Even the dancer should have stopped dancing and helped me off the fucking stage. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a mess. And I blame everybody. And I blame wow. myself for not <laughs> leaving after rehearsal. Wow. <laughs> because apparently things weren't set the way she wanted them to be set, and things weren't done during rehearsal
0: for the news. But it's like, she blames right. literally everybody, <laughs> including us. Every, oh, everybody. It's everybody's fucking fault. <laughs> I think probably it just that she needed to have not been doing that right after she got out of treatment. She needed yeah. some time. She needed to take some time.
1: But, you know, she can't because she's got more music to write. And
2: don't worry, Natalie. She redeems herself. In 2018, she returns to Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest to redeem herself. She performs Vision of Love and Hero and the beautiful um thing made out of dead animals and just kills it and just crushes the performance it's all good. Mimi's back. Also, and I, di- I c- couldn't even really get too far into it. She writes a album called Caution.
1: What I will say about Caution is that she became, Mariah Carey became the first artist to bump herself out of the number one spot on Billboard's top R&B albums chart because her 1994 album Merry Christmas, which is considered a mainstay among Christmas albums specifically for its hit, All I Want for Christmas is You, dethroned her 2018 album Caution. Again, because every Christmas it comes back and bust it out yeah you ready for it because we're gonna be listening to i can't all I believe i haven't you. heard it yet <laughs> you haven't heard it i've been my problem is that now because of all this mariah carey research it's just been in my head so i've just been singing things to the tune of all i want for christmas is you because i refuse to listen to the song because it's
0: not thanksgiving yet.
2: well fear not guys because she just released a giant 25th anniversary uh, edition of her first holiday album Thank
0: god I was so afraid <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I was so, so afraid it,
2: And she did, that, she did that for us In November of this year And uh, so you can go Listen to that you can go listen to her other 500 albums that she released And her other 18,000 songs that she Put out um, but it, it really is Unbelievable she has uh, Currently has 18 number one hits Which is fucking crazy and she has Sold more than 200 million records And Mimi is still Mimi. She's still out there. She's, I mean, we, in another five years, we're going to have a whole, we could have probably have a whole nother episode of of Mariah Carey. I'm sure we could. I think that we
1: could, I think that this is a good Mariah Carey quote to end on. An interviewer asked her, what's the hardest thing about being Mariah Carey? She said, darling, is there anything easy? No, I don't mean that. Can you take a guess? (laughs) And he said, if I had to, I would say it's got to be all the scrutiny you get from the media. She says, of course it is, but I guess I feel like this is something I've wanted to do for my whole life. If that comes with it, you take the good with the bad, and you just have to be well-balanced and handle anything that comes along. It's up to me to decide what to focus on. Yeah, we all take knocks from people in the media. I'm not the only one who does, so I'm not going to belabor that point. I'm just going to keep being myself and keep pushing. Hmm.
2: Uh, It's not covered It's not written down I I have to be done I have to stop learning about Mariah Carey
0: She's learned nothing, we've learned nothing She's learned nothing, Uh. we've learned nothing She will keep going, hopefully she gets
1: her mental illness Completely under control But until then she's going to keep being The ridiculous diva That we know and love And that's it, we don't have to to Read about Mariah Carey at all except (laughs) for the fact That this is coming out later and we have more weeks Uh, We have all of Christmas to think about Mariah Carey, and um, because she's the queen of Christmas now,
2: I may she's doing a big Christmas show at Madison Square Garden. I am considering paying way too much money to see her perform. Don't worry, guys, front row tickets to that are only three thousand so, dollars. <laughs> three thousand dollars. But but I may get nosebleed tickets to see that because I hate myself. So we'll see. What, we'll see if that works out.
0: I hope if you pay for those three thousand dollars tickets, she at least throws her shoe at you or something. So I think at least the kids must come out.
2: Oh yeah, she beats you. She hurts you in some fashion. some form of abuse whether it be mental or physical or emotional (laughs) she will perform it on you while she performs for you
1: we love you guys thank you so much for going on this journey of Mariah Carey with us I hope you feel just as verklempt as we do about how we should still truly feel about Mariah Carey Uh, but you know what the worst part is that I still love her
2: absolutely I'm fine with her (laughs) we'll talk to you guys soon yeah take care everybody Bye. 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 You got the best of me. Oh, you gonna keep hon- on in <laughs> <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: 911, what's your emergency? I can't find Captain Nash and his wife's cruise ship. Somebody Tonight,
2: 911 comes to ABC. And we're going to make it out of here. We got to work together. Tonight at 9 on ABC, followed by 7 News at 11. This is why you watch 7 News at 5. This breaking story is happening as we speak to get breaking news from the alert desk. When I know about it, you'll know about it first. So you're always connected with what's happening now, only on 7 News at 5.